0: Heavens, I mean, what aren't we talking about today? We're going to talk about Darius Snow and his injury. David Stone, he sets a commitment date. Should women and children be fearing for their lives at Spartan stadiums? That and a lot more. Let's go. Locked on Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show of Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white. Well, five days a week starting next week. You know, we did a little bit of a preseason week. This is our fourth episode this week, so look at us just going above and beyond. But, yeah, against all odds, even though it's the last week of July... Very, very busy time in East Lansing, plenty to talk about. Before we get to all of it, hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast or YouTube channel, and if you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. All right, it's showtime, let's get into the meat here, and hey, it's the day, finally, that we have all been waiting for, if you are listening on Friday. Now it's been heavily teased. On social media, from the MSU Football Twitter account, and lightly leaked uh, a little bit a few days beforehand. Uh Uh-oh, looks like Nike put some black jerseys for sale on the school website before they were officially announced. So is that what the big announcement is today? Maybe, probably. Uh, But hey, you know what? We still get to see what pants go with it. What helmet goes with it should the big reveal today be a black jersey. And I have to say... And really just extend gratitude to all you guys because I will be there. I I will have boots on the ground. Holy smokes. Um, Yes, if you were on Twitter at all, you saw that there was a handful of people that are online way too much. Uh, They got invites to this event called Thy Shadows. And this is presumably where they are going to make their big announcement. And I don't get that invite if I don't have this following that I have. And I don't have the following on social media that I have without all of you guys. So I'm really stoked for it. I mean, it's really cool to be invited to uh, an event held by the program that really I've loved ever since I can remember. So uh, without you guys, that doesn't happen. So just want to extend my gratitude. And of course, hey, on Monday, we will be talking about what happened at the event. Quite frankly, I I don't know much about it other than we're going to see what this announcement is for ourselves. But you know where to find us, Locked on Spartans, uh, to catch up, you know, you all on everything But more importantly, not just my experience, because there is a big recruiting weekend going on, Spartan Dog Con, some prospective players, some former players, they're all going to be gathering in East Lansing for a big multi-day event. We're going to have one of these commits here, hopefully, hopefully I didn't jinx anything, on the show on Monday as well. So we talked yesterday a lot about Big Ten Media Days. There was something that we did not get to that I think is very important that we hit on here and... Look, it's Darius Snow, and when we talk linebackers, we feel good about the position group, right? I mean, it's Jacoby Windman, three-time defensive Big Ten player of the week. It's Cal Halliday, the guy that has the most tackles of any returner in the whole conference, and then, well, look, we all know that Darius Snow is a great player, and we all know that he left very early last season with that leg injury. So we when we talk about linebackers, you know, we talk about, well, you might be getting 80% of Darius Snow back. Maybe it is 100 But I don't know how much of Darius Snow we're going to be seeing early on in the season or how full to his potentially can be playing. And look, when Mel Tucker talks about injuries, I, God, like the, the scoreboard could fall down on a player's head, decapitate him. And then in the postgame press conference, Mel Tucker will say, yeah, he's just a little bit sore. He went into some detail about Darius Snow, so I think it's definitely worth getting to here. Mel Tucker said, quote, he had a long-term rehab. He had a significant injury, and he's been battling. He's a sharp kid. He's very determined. He loves football, and he's been battling hard to get back, and it's going to take a while. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to see him do more in fall camp, and then we will assess him at that point. That is as candid. As Mel Tucker has ever been about a player's injury. Saying that, yeah, it was a significant injury. And, look, that backs up a lot of what we've been talking about when we do talk about Darius Snow. Is that there was a good chance that this kid was not going to play football the rest of his life. That's how bad the leg injury was. Now, specifically what happened in the leg? I I don't know. I don't know those details. But, bad enough where, yeah, it's almost going to be a full year since the injury... God, this day and age, I mean, you can recover from an ACL in, what, six, seven months, it seems like? Um, a short two months if you're on the Russian steroid program. But, yeah, a full year, even in this modern uh, day and age in medicine. Like, that bad injury, guys. So, just wanted to highlight that really quick. Really tamper the expectations for what we can get from Darius Snow. You can be hopeful. I'm hopeful. Like, I'm hopeful. that hey, you know what? Maybe by the end of September, he comes in and he's an 80% player because, well, 80% of Darius Snow... Still a pretty good player for this team, but yeah, just devastating with the injuries. Um, one other thing, too, from Media Day he was asked about. He was asked about Matt Ishbia stopping his NIL donations uh, because of the conflict of interest. He can't do it anymore since he owns the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. And Mel Tucker said, quote, we have tremendous support at Michigan State with our donors, our supporters. We're strong in the NIL space. We're going to continue to be strong. We have a lot of our supporters, our donors that are willing to step up and help our young men. So that's not going to be an issue for us. Hey, speaking of NIL, let's go on to the next topic here David Stone. David Stone, that's right. Uh, It's starting to get more real for, well, everyone here, uh, including the six finalists that David Stone announced on Thursday. All right, it's Miami, it's Florida, it's Texas A&M, it's Oregon, it's Oklahoma, and then, yeah, of course, number six, your Michigan State Spartans. Now, that's not all he announced. The commitment date has been put on the record. August 26th for the commitment of David Stone. Right now, look, the 24-7 sports crystal balls, they think he's going to go to Oklahoma. You go on David Stone's Instagram page, though, or on Twitter or whatever, and like he's talking a lot of great things about Michigan State. Not, not too long ago, he was asked, hey, what's your favorite college campus? He said Michigan State, or East Lansing, rather. He's talked about, the family feel in East Lansing after all of his, well, unofficial visits or the official visit he took to end last month. Michigan State is in this guys. Now with that said, what's my prediction? I'm going to tell what recruiting expert for Lockdown, Brian Smith, told us on Lockdown On Spartans a week or two ago. And I, I'm thinking Oklahoma. You know, and am I doing this to just mentally and emotionally guard myself, prepare myself for when this announcement actually happens? Maybe, who's to say? But uh, recently, you know, IMG teammate and good friend, I believe also from the state of Oklahoma, Jaden Jackson, also defensive lineman. He just committed to Oklahoma as well. So if that's a strong friendship they have. Also, well, yeah, David Stone is from that area as well. His sister goes to Oklahoma, familiar with that program. I think it's going to be Oklahoma's to lose, but man, I, Michigan State still in the thick of things here. We are less than a month away from that commitment, so, oh, and, you know, we're going to use like a lowercase c on that commitment term because he did also say a few days ago that he plans on taking some more official visits in the fall. He named Alabama as one of those schools, just, you know, that little rinky-dink program, so whatever happens on August 26th, whether it's great news for Michigan State, whether it's not... This is still going to be a battle that goes all the way to signing day. Now, why choose Michigan State if you're David Stone, if you have all these great programs? You know, you got Florida on the map, who's building an incredible class. You have Oregon. Of course, they're a thorn in Michigan State's side during this whole cycle. Oklahoma as well. You have Miami, who has an NIL fund of $16 now after everything that's going on with LifeWallet. Go look that up if you have time. Uh, Why pick Michigan State, though? I mean, it... It might sound cheesy, but he would be an instant fan favorite here. Not just like, oh, hey, great. He could, like, no, he would be a legend here in East Lansing. And that goes far beyond just, hey, making us feel all warm and fuzzy. Like, that That would bode incredibly well for NIL deals for David Stone. Not just for, you know, when he's here obviously the NIL will be pumping, but fan favorite just and the community of Michigan State after he leaves as well. He would be the second highest recruit to commit to Michigan State in the recruiting rankings era going back to 2000. The second highest kid to ever commit to Michigan State should he pick the Spartans. Number 1, Charles Rogers. I mean, that that's going to be a tough one to beat. But hey, he comes here Put him by, by job Andrew DePape, Simeon Barrow, Derek Harmon, if they're still here. And then Tumasi Adelaide. Like, that is going to be an incredible front. That is going to be incredibly difficult for other teams to stop. And, of course, he would be a day one starter. That goes without saying. God, I mean, that should be incredible to just have David Stone. I'm trying not to get my hopes up too high. But, man, they are. They are. This is... This is the football equivalent of the Jabari Parker commitment, you know. If if you're a basketball recruiting fan as well, that goes back to got coming up on almost a decade now for that. That was a great time. All right, gang, we will be back in a hot second here. A little not another recruiting nugget here on the other side of this. Just need to talk your ear off about LinkedIn jobs. Hey, these days Every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And, well, that's why you have to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and, best of all, for free. It is so simple to add your job on LinkedIn. Someone like me could even do it, guys. So I have full faith that you can do it as well. So just add your job. Add that purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word that you are hiring. It is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So what are you waiting for over there? LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. That is linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free terms and conditions. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, let's get back into the fold here. A little recruiting nugget. Um, Yes, the... Oh, God, the... the oh, what was the kid's name? Glover, the the linebacker from Northwestern. You would think I would write this down before talking about it. He he commits from Northwestern. All right, four-star linebacker. We're getting all excited. Hey, he's going to visit Michigan State at at the last second here. Okay, he is going to Ohio State instead. That's going to be a tough battle to beat right there when it comes to Buckeyes versus Spartans on the recruiting trail. But, hey, something else out of Evanston. And this is a familiar name if you follow Michigan State recruiting interior offensive lineman from Dearborn, Dylan Senda. He is also defecting from Northwestern as well. He's been there since January. He was an early enrollee, but with the whole scandal and everything, he is leaving Northwestern as well. Now... Michigan State was one of his final schools when it came down to it. Obviously picked the Wildcats, but this could be one to keep your eye on. Um, Yes, Michigan State had no problem filling in the interior offensive line class for 2023. They got Dellinger out of Clarkson. They got Blackstock, the, the, the highly rated Juco kid as well. But then again... When there's a highly rated 3-star or 4-star, depending on what site you look at, for Dylan Senda, like you, you are going to throw your hat in the ring there. And we'll see how serious Michigan State is going to be about this. But, yeah, just going back to a familiar name because Michigan State was in his finals three. Yeah, th- there you go. I mean, there you have it. So, um, moving on, there were some interesting... Uh, hmm. Words said over the airwaves here, not too long ago, on 97 won the ticket. Uh, and look, I, I I don't like talking about other people's shows. They do a great job over there. I think so. A lot of people are fans of one Mike Valeni as well. Um, some people are not so much. But look, there was a seismic shift here <laughs> when he said about the night game at Michigan State against Michigan, and I quote... That is going to be the most hostile environment this rivalry has ever had. It will be a tinderbox. If I were a Michigan fan, I would never be at that game because there are decent odds that you'll eat a battery. Okay. He goes on saying, I'm being real with you. People are nuts and I don't condone what people do, but friendly advice, don't be there. Don't be there. Don't bring the women and children. Don't be there. It's the equivalent of playing stupid games and winning stupid prizes. Okay. that Yeah, that was a lot to impact. And there was a lot of different interpretations of what he said. Uh, Michigan fans felt threatened when they said that. And I didn't see it that way. I saw it as more of a leg- legitimate warning, maybe. I mean, this is going to be a hostile environment. But hey, you know what, I'm not going to sit here and call Michigan fans crazy for saying that sounded like a threat because, well... Decent odds that you'll be eating a battery? Ugh, okay, I, I, I can see why some people might be rubbed the wrong way with that. Anyway, there's some fact in those comments. There's some fiction in those comments, so let's just go through it. Fact. Okay, fact number one. People are nuts. Yeah, p- People are kind of losing their marbles more and more as the days go on. And not just Michigan State fans, not just Michigan fans, not just sports fans, but people in general. Okay, you get them at night after a full day of tailgating when this rivalry is already as toxic as it can possibly be and won't change anytime soon. Yeah, people are nuts. And another fact, fact number two, when you play stupid games, well, yeah, you often win stupid prizes. Uh, another fact, this rivalry is maybe at a fever pitch of hostility. It's hard to argue that. <laughs> that, especially if you spend way too much of your day online. Yeah, the, the respect for one another is is so far gone that it, it will never be seen again. At least not for another decade or two. And even then, I wouldn't get your hopes up. Now, some fiction uh, in here. Going to a football game at night should mean your teeth are in danger of getting knocked out of your skull. Um, I i don't know. Even as hostile as it is with these two fan bases, I, I, I don't feel... Like, there should be imminent danger looming over you. Because another fiction bullet point I want to hit on, tailgates for MSU and Michigan are just a war zone. I mean, look, I've been to a few of these tailgates, all in East Lansing. I mean, I want the record to show that even if I was offered free beer and free tickets at the 50-yard line at the big house, I would never take those tickets. One of the items my bucket list is to never go into that stadium. With that said, I've been around a lot of tailgates at Michigan State over the years. And um, by and large, pleasant events. I mean, hey, at the end of the day, we're all getting together to day drink outside and then go into a football stadium to watch college kids play a game. No, that there's no incidences where, you know, that really stick out to me of just nasty, violent... No, I... I don't think they've happened. I mean, also, I mean, you got to remember, too, what happens online very often isn't what actually happens in real life. So people will talk a big game online, and then, please, guys, we all know how to act civil. I mean, I'm not going to be stupid and act like there's a 0% chance something happens, but yeah, I thought it was just a little overblown, out of proportion. But, uh, hey, you know, speaking of playing stupid games and winning stupid prizes, that, that didn't stop uh, Michigan fans from becoming quite literally uh, headline news over their stupidity uh, after Valenti's comments as well. There is a prominent Michigan account out there. And look, if you're not on Twitter, you're not online, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, okay, I'll bring you up to speed here. If you are on Twitter, you absolutely know what I'm talking about. But hey, someone got upset about Valenti's comments. Uh, They were a Michigan fan. Big following. This isn't one of those like burner... I guess there is a burner account. But anyway, prominent Michigan figure took Valenzi's comments and then also went on Twitter to accuse Michigan State fan of coming to their messages and threatening to, quote, bash their head in if they were seen at Spartan Stadium. Deplorable. That's horrible. It's also not real. It never happened because someone asked this person, to share the account, because, well, we want to strike them down as well. That is not representative of Michigan State at all. They shared a screenshot, and uh uh-oh, they're still logged into their burner account that they're accusing of being the Michigan State fan. That threatened them. This is a long way of saying that they kind of threatened themselves and thought they would get away with it. Of course, they were called out on it. It was a farce. It never happened. This Michigan fan was saying, hey... MSU fan is threatening to beat me up. All right, well, let's see him. Oh, here it is. Oh, <laughs> oops, it's just me. Um, okay, we all cope in different ways. Uh, they went on a space with Anthony Wright. Uh, almost a thousand people listened to this, and they said that they got fired up about what Mike Valenti said. And I gotta find it ironic that they got so upset at Valenti. Referring to violence at Spartan Stadium, it got him so upset that, well, okay, they decided to go up and make up a fantasy about violence at Spartan Stadium with them being the victim. I'm not hip to that coping mechanism, but hey, uh, to each our own. And of course, you know, on the space, they talked about making mistakes, making accidents. And, you know, there's a good number of Twitter people out there, too, on the Michigan side that said, hey, don't drag her. Don't bury them. No, no. everyone makes mistakes in life. I, look, I, sh- sh- yeah, yeah, that, yes, people make mistakes in life. But as a grown adult, a mistake is forgetting to take the clothes out of the washer before you go to bed at night. Or forgetting to put the gas cap back onto your vehicle when you're done filling up the tank. I, an accident is not going online to your large crowd and saying, hey, this other community over here is threatening me with violence. You're going to bash my head in. And really, it, it actually never happened. That's not a mistake. That's psychotic behavior, that is alarming, alarming behavior that maybe we should get checked out by at least one other person here. But yeah, I'm, again, we all make mistakes and I don't want to... You know, completely blow off the fact that they, they did apologize on, on this Twitter space. Uh, you know, they apologized to state fans for basically creating a character that is threatening them, whatever. Uh, but also apologizing to Michigan fans for misrepresenting Michigan fans as well. And I gotta say, like, a, you, wow, creating a narrative out of thin air... Because you're upset about something and, oh yeah, I was at the expense of Michigan State, like, misrepresenting Michigan fans? I, no, that actually sounds pretty bang on for what you guys are used to over there as a whole, whether it be your fan base or athletic department or just the university. I, mis, misrepresenting? You don't have to apologize about that. Now, you, you nailed it on the head over there. You did a great job about that, so no need to apologize for that portion of it. Uh, all right, let's get into the mailbag here to take us home you know why not a lot of good questions here this one comes from brandon this is a fun one if you could golf in a foursome with you and any three players from the current football roster who would it be staff or players i so badly i and of course i just can't answer this simply i so badly want to fill it up with three guys from the receiver room Trey Mosley, because, hey, one of my favorite players on the team, Mr. Reliable. I would love to talk his ear off about the D'Antonio era, the Mel Tucker transition. Also, really get to know which guys in this receiver room are actually going to ball out this year. Um, Also, Tyrell Henry, big personality, awesome guy to talk to. He would be a hoot and a half on the golf course. And then also when you... Hear from players about, well, who's the funniest guy on the team? I mean, we've also asked, uh, hey, uh, who does the best Mel Tucker impression? It's Antonio Gates Jr. But I feel bad going three wide receivers for this foursome. So I'm going to go with Mel Tucker, of course. i got to go with the head honcho, see if I can break him around like whole six. And I break him, I mean like... Have him cut loose. You know, he's pretty measured when he is in front of people, in front of a microphone. Let's see if we can get some actual dialogue here around, like, hole number six. I'm going to keep Trey Mosley as well. And from the defensive side, give me Dylan Tatum as well. That's another guy that's got a good personality about him, good head on his shoulders as well. So, yeah, Dylan Tatum just so he hit the offense with uh, Trey Mosley, hit the defense with Tatum, and then, well, yeah, come on, the, the head honcho in Mel Tucker. Matt C. writes in a great question here. Always good questions from Matt C. here. Uh, Talked about, hey, the podcast we did with Brian Smith not too long ago. He said, for him, it's cemented that Mel needs to get to eight wins this year to get this program headed in the right direction. Also, in that podcast uh, interview with Brian Smith, there was a question about, hey, should we also worry about, like, Indiana, Minnesota, Nebraska, when it comes to recruiting specifically, And Matt C. writes, My question to you is why do you fear programs like Maryland and Minnesota? If we don't view those as wins, and we are right back to the John L. Smith days. And what are we paying Tucker for? I know we won't beat them every year like last year, but we should win 75% of our games versus those programs. D'Antonio always beat the lesser teams. That is the new standard in my opinion. And can't argue with that second half of that. I mean, yeah, Mark D'Antonio did make his name. Yeah, of course, by winning the Paul Bunyan Trophy, you know, Big Ten titles. But you you don't win those conference titles. You don't go to those prestigious bowl games without getting to 10 or 11 wins. And you don't get to 10 or 11 wins without taking care of business and beating the teams you're supposed to beat. That also happened kind of late in his career, too. I mean, yes, save the Illinois game. Save the Arizona State game. But for the most part, as far as talent goes, roster talent goes, like he did beat the teams that he was supposed to beat, even in those six-win years, you know, <laughs> like those were, those rosters weren't uh, all that great. I gotta say, guys. But anyway, why do we fear teams like Maryland and Minnesota? I don't think we necessarily fear them. We just asked the question of Brian, just to like make sure that we are in a good spot here. Because hey, Mel Tucker, just like you brought up, Matt, he's making a lot of money, right? I mean, he's making ninety-five million dollars. That is Ohio State money. That's Penn State money. That's that's Michigan money. Those are the teams that we want to compete with. These are teams that we were competing with not too long ago, all right? Less than a decade ago, we were right up there with them. We want to make sure that we are still in sight of those big three, but also like just to see where the basement is and how close are we to this basement. And something that I'm going to be looking for this year goes out saying, beat the teams you are supposed to beat. And it's going to be interesting because, look, we go to the pick six previews here. The pick six previews only cost like 20 bucks. It's a great PDF. Go Google it. Pick six previews. Go buy it. Brett Ciancia does a great job there. And he balanced out the five-year average of recruiting rankings for teams across the country so we're going to highlight the teams that michigan state is going to play this year now for reference michigan state 28th best five-year recruiting stretch it's is it a perfect formula for you know highlighting how much talent is on a roster no it's not perfect but it's the best that we have so far michigan state 28th best over a five-year stretch all right ohio state Yeah, their five-year run, third best in the country. Michigan, they are 11th. Penn State, 14th. And this is where it starts to get interesting here. Maryland, one spot above Michigan State at 27th. So in theory, when both teams take the field, the talent on the field is going to be pretty neck and neck. Now, of course, that's not the full story. Maryland is returning their... 18th-year quarterback in Tua, or of Ioloa Their defense is going to be really good and experienced this year, whereas Michigan State, youth in a lot of these areas, and that 28th ranking was certainly boosted by the last two recruiting classes. Anyway, that's just when talent comes, when push comes to shove, that's what we're going to measure things against, is the teams that Michigan State should be as talented as. Like Maryland at 27. Indiana, their five-year run, yikes. Uh, 50. 50 in the country. Rutgers 55, and then, well, we do have those Big Ten West teams over there. Iowa 31, all right? Not too bad, so they're going to be neck and neck with Michigan State as well. Minnesota at 40, and then Nebraska thought this was interesting as well. 19 uh, for them as well. They had a lot of transfers, so many that I think the pick six previews factored in their transfers, but yeah, you got to win, just like Matt was saying. At least 75% of those games against Maryland, Indiana, Rutgers, Iowa, Minnesota. All right, that's five. Can you win four of those games? I think that's a good barometer of how well things are going at Michigan State. Of course, there's a lot more to the story. The Spartans are young, especially with their best talent. But still, I don't want to see 35-0 against Minnesota again, right? Like, I don't want to see a multi-touchdown defeat against Maryland, especially at home this year. Like, if you're going to lose, I at least make it close, and then maybe we could swallow that pill a little better. But, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. Uh, last but not least, hey, with football season coming up, uh, MSU number one fan writes in: If you could add three basketball players to the football team, who would they be? I would add Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins at wide receiver, and then AJ Hogard. That's what they write. I'm going to uh, agree with you here on Jaden Aikens at receiver. I mean, six foot four. If the rim was twelve feet tall, he could dunk it no problem. Still, and that's where I really start to wonder. All right, where else am I going to go here? For my other two picks, do I go with another athletic freak in Cohen Carr playing at like tight end? He's going to be a great jump ball guy in the red zone. I could. However, this is what we're going to do. Trey Holloman in the secondary. Because, well, Trey Holloman, he was a three-star football prospect as well. He was a cornerback prospect. Obviously decided to play basketball as a four-star basketball prospect. But yeah, he could actually play football. So I'm going to take him as well. And last but not least... This is a dream that I have semi-joked about, semi-serious about, actually, is that my Sissoko should also give football a try, man. I mean, him coming off the edge at defensive end, I, we all see what he looks like. His motor is incredible. He's got the physical traits. He's got the mental traits. I I feel like just one year in the lab with the coaching staff, he would be a dominant factor at defensive end. So that's it. I'm going to go Trey Holloman, Jaden Akins. Mahdi, Sissoko, gang, thank you so much for tuning in to Lockdown Locked Spartans. Again, we will be back. I'll be talking about my experience uh, tonight at Zy Shadows. But more importantly, talking with a commit. Uh, Andrew Dennis is who we're trying to land, just to let that name out there. But, hey, you know, any news that breaks between now and then, we will be talking about it. Go enjoy your weekend. Love you all. Go green.